Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. And uh, I am i am not Pastor Christman, if you didn't know that already. I'm too good looking to, to be him. And uh, <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I... Um, Pastor Chrisman is is sick today, and uh, and so please remember, uh, please remember your your pastor and his wife uh, today. That I know that they want to be here, and uh, but uh, uh, they are uh, unable. And uh, we know that he is a very hardworking man. I know all of you know that, and so just pray for your pastor and his wife. How many of you will do that? Matter of fact, I think it'd be all right if we did that right now. Is that okay? Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. God, we pray for Pastor Chrisman right now and his wife. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen their body. Lord, I realize that today they're a lot out with sickness. But we pray, God, for, for our pastor. We pray you'd bring strength to him. God, strengthen his spirit today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 I'm going to be reading here in a moment from Acts chapter 7, the last couple verses and going to Acts chapter 8. But uh, I want to say that, that uh, how, uh, how proud I am of, of all these uh, uh, Christmas kids and uh, what a wonderful job they've done leading us today. Sister Kaylin and Sister Hannah and Sister Ashlyn, Brother Luke and Sister Skyler. And uh, aren't these exceptional young people? And they do just a great job. And uh, I, I love, love them very much and so proud of, of them. And uh, my wife is here today with me. And uh, we, are, we are in an awkward spot because we don't have any kids with us. And so we're like, what do we do with our hands, you know? You just, you just get out of the car and you walk into church. And uh, it's, it's, Brother Matt, it's, it's, it's a unique feeling. We don't, we don't know what that's like just to, just to leave the house, you know. Um, it's not just leaving the house when you have three boys. Uh, it's, a, it's an Olympic event. And, uh, and so today we just walked out of the house. And uh, our kids are are uh, in their rooms with the door locked, and they'll be fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> they're with uh, they're with her parents, and uh, and so I'm I'm happy about it. She she'll cry if she thinks too much about it, but I'm happy about it. And uh, and all the dads said amen. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Acts chapter seven and. I'll read, starting with verse 58. And cast him, this is Stephen they're talking about, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Everybody say Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, Stephen said. He kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, 
he fell asleep. And chapter 8 and verse 1 makes the statement, says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. Saul was consenting unto his death. I'm going to preach to you what I feel, what I feel like the Lord gave me this morning to preach to you. That is this, the revealing light, the revealing light. Would you just put your Bibles down and close your eyes and pray with me one more time? Lord, we thank you for this day. We're grateful, God, to be in your house again. I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. Would you help me pray right now? Lord, I just pray that your word would come alive to us, that, that you would open the scripture to us, God, and bring understanding to our hearts. Lord, I pray it in Jesus' name. We need you today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. The revealing light. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm happy about this snowstorm coming, y'all. I'm happy about it. I hope we get a foot and a half, and uh, I know that I know that I don't have a lot of support right now from this room. Is, is there any? Is there anybody that would believe with me? For for there we go. The Bible says two or three. That's all I need, and so I, I've I've got enough. And uh, I hope it snows buckets. And uh, but but uh, so I'm not going to hold you long today. But I do want to preach. Uh, I do want to preach what I feel feel uh, to preach today. We know that the Bible says that, that we are living in the last days. The Bible gives very obvious and clear signs that show us when the last days will be. If you read Matthew chapter 24 and other books in the Gospels, you will find that, that, that Jesus speaks of, of, of moments where uh, in the end, will evil will wax worse and worse. They will call good evil, and they will call evil good. And how many know we're there? Who'd have ever thought that they'd spend millions and millions of dollars to save a spotted owl? But, but yet, but yet, millions upon millions of babies on a yearly basis are 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 taken away. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's hard to believe, but we are living in an evil and dark, dark day. Who would have ever thought that, that in America in 2020 it would have taken a court ruling to open church doors and churches in California? Who would have ever thought that in the land of the free and home of the brave that, that, that we would have had to have uh, had a court mandate to allow churches to, to open up their Buildings again. We we are living in the last days. There's famines and pestilences and sicknesses and earthquakes in diverse places, wars and rumors of wars, and we have all of these signs that he spoke of in 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 this Bible that that we read and hold so dear. We 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 hold, we have all of these very obvious things to know that the end is near. We this isn't in my notes, and I didn't. Let me just stop here and say that we cannot grow, that cannot become cold to us. That statement and that fact cannot become second thought to us. There will be a day that you and I stand before God. And we have to remind ourselves of the fact that this world is not my home. I'm, 
I'm just a passing through. Some, at some point, I'm going to stand before God and give an account for my... I don't want that to become just a statement that I hear on Sundays and midweek service, but... I want that to be a reality that I live by, that the Lord is coming quickly. Can I tell you that when you live with that perspective, when you live with that understanding that the Lord is coming quickly, things that, uh, menial things and menial uh, situations and family things and financial uh, financial things and decisions that have to be made and trials of this life that occur. They, Brother Charlie, they, they all seem to fall into the right perspective when your view is a view that, that, that understands that this is all just temporary. Can I encourage somebody today in this room and tell you that it's temporary? Pain is temporary. Physical pain is temporary. The, the, the spiritual pain and hardship is, is temporary. Amen. It's temporary. Paul was so glad to know that it's temporary. It's not going to be there forever. The, the songwriter said, every storm runs out of rain. And can I tell somebody in this room, if you're, if you're in the middle of a storm and in the middle of chaos, just hold on a little bit longer. It's going to run out of rain. It's not going to be too much longer. We're going to stand before him walking on streets of gold, gates of pearl and walls of jasper. Come on, there's going to be no pain, no sickness, no sorrow. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth, amen, coming and being faithful to the house of God over. I realize that life deals you, deals us bad things at times and it rains on the just and on the unjust. But let me just stay here for a moment as I feel to. You do need, you need the house of God. You need the people of God. You need, amen, people in your corner that will compel you to go the right direction. Do the right things. Come on, don't go back to that old lifestyle that has tried to pull you and lure you. There is a God that's saying, hold on. If you just hold on, I'm going to take care of it. If you just hold on. See, sometimes storms are meant to strengthen us. Sometimes I don't understand why things happen. We don't understand why sometimes, but we need to understand that there is a why. I don't understand why things happen, and I don't have the answers to all of the things that are going on. But you need to know, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a why. God is working, amen, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your trial. God is working. These are dark days. These are dark times. But we must not forget as the church that there will be a day when every tear is wiped away. 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to meet him. I am not living to see, amen, my life just absent of pain only. I am living to see and to stand before God with my wife and with Winston Lawson and Cohen at my side. I am living to stand before him and hear the words, well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. Sure, you went through hard times, but you were faithful to the house. You were faithful to me. Amen. Amen. We are living in dark days, but in the midst of of a dark day, there is a light that is being revealed to this world. There is a light. It is the light the scripture teaches us. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ that, that is being revealed to people all over this world. I'm so glad that the light was revealed to me. See, I grew up in church. I grew up around church, but there was a moment where there, there was a time where I went to church just because mom and dad did. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be on a ball field somewhere doing my own thing. But I remember when the light of God shined down into my life. I'll never forget it in, an, in, the, in a church service in our old building on Marietta Street. I saw a man with a tumor, a growth on his leg. Can I just preach the way I feel this morning? I'm just going to. I saw a man with a tumor on his leg. It was the size of a softball. And and uh, and church was going, and toward the end of the uh, toward the end of the service, man, the presence of the Lord was there, so powerful and so strong. And I remember the church began to pray. I was just eight, probably. I I I was just, you know, I I lived under the pews, you know, that that, that was that was my house. I was pulling the gum off the top of the seats, trying them out, you know. Uh, you know that, but every now and again, I'd pop my head up and and check out what was going on in that service. I remember, I remember the the saints of God. I remember the power of God that was there so strong, and I remember the saints of God prayed for that man. And when prayer was made, it wasn't a week later, it wasn't a day later, it wasn't a year later. Instantly, that tumor that was on his leg fell off and was gone because when you get Amen. In the place where the light is. Amen. Dark things will be revealed and can be healed. I've come to tell you, you serve a God today that still heals. You serve a God today that still, amen, makes good things out of what others would say is junk. You serve a God today. When others see junk, God sees potential. When others see just a mess, God sees hope. and He sees power. He sees light. He sees something that he can use. He saw it in Saul. Saul was a bad man. I don't mean bad man as a good man. I mean a bad man as in a bad man. Saul was a bad man. He was, he was, he was eat up, eaten up with deception, deceived of what he thought was to be the truth. He was, he was deceived into believing that, that Jesus was, was, was a false prophet and, 
and those that were preaching his message were to be killed. And, and he was so deceived in his belief that, that the Bible tells us in our opening text that, that, uh, that he held the coats of the men that stoned Stephen, the, the, the apostle. He, he held the coats. He was in support of, uh, of this stoning. He, he wanted it to happen. So much so that Acts 8 and 1 says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. He was for it. He was making a push for those that were preaching Christ to be killed. This man was a bad man. It was beyond just consenting to his death. Now, now he approaches the king and, and, and says, give me a letter so I can go to Damascus and I can go to these surrounding areas and, and, and I can get these other ones that are preaching Christ and I can get them and we can have them thrown in prison and we can have them killed. Saul was on a mission. But the Bible says that on the road to Damascus, amen, on the road to Damascus. There was, I, I, I've got to read it to you, on, in Acts chapter 9. There, uh, it was Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. And as he journeyed near Damascus, suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Amen. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Amen. Saul was on the road to kill the preachers of Christ. But a, voice, a light came down from heaven and shined around him. And a voice spoke from heaven and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Amen. And a voice spoke back to him. And did not, the voice did not say, I'm God the Father. The voice from heaven did not say, I'm the, I'm the Son or I'm the Spirit. The voice said, I am Jesus whom thou hast persecuted. How many know there is one God and his name is Jesus? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. That's the voice from heaven that spoke to him. He said, I am Jesus. And Saul, amen, at that moment, a man full of bitterness and hatred, amen, for these folks, these certain type of people, a man full of anger. Who, would, who could get there in their mind? Who could get there in their mind, an individual that, that would be able to watch somebody be stoned to death and be encouraged by it. How, how does somebody get there in their mind so twisted and so so uh, just so deceived? Uh, a man that, that was in a dark place. A man that had been written off by, by, by others and written off by, by maybe the church folk at that time. God said, I see a man that has potential. I see a man that, that, that I can use. I see a man that, that is passionate about what he believes in. I can use that kind of man. Can I tell somebody in this room, 
I'm so glad that we don't serve a God that is selective about who can preach or who can be a part of the church. You have to be a certain uh, a certain status or you have to have a certain record or, or you have this has to be clean and you can't come from here and you can't go there. I'm so glad we don't serve a God that is selective. As a matter of fact, uh, if he was selective toward anybody, he's, he would, I believe he would say, give me the worst of those people that are running around. Give me the addicted. Give me the broken. Give me the murderer. Give me the liar and the cheater. For the scripture says he has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise. I want to tell somebody in this room, God can use God can save God can help whoever he wants to I'm not going to get in the way of what God wants to do you just watch and see the people that are getting ready to come from this city you just watch and see the people that are getting ready to walk into this room. I've come to tell you, he's not come to save the righteous. He's come to save the broken. And you're in a church that believes that God can save anybody. God specializes in making and making something out of nothing. And out of Saul came Paul. Came a passionate preaching man that wrote over half of the New Testament. A man that was shipwrecked and that was stoned and that was tried before governors and kings. and A man that endured all of these things because a God looked down on him and said, where others see nothing, I see potential and I see hope. I don't know who you are in this room. I don't know a lot of you, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that because it, it means this church is growing and moving. Uh, I'm glad that I don't know everybody here, but I've come to tell you, I don't know who you are, but God can, and God wants to use you. You may Your past may be full, amen, of things that, that you're ashamed of. Your past may be full of things that you would have a hard time admitting to the people that are around you even in this room today amen you may have come here with some baggage you may have come here amen after some substances last night but let me tell you there is a God in heaven that is revealing himself to you he wants the light he's bringing light to your dark place he's bringing he's bringing light to your world you mean God? You mean God would do that to me? You mean God would believe in me enough to turn me around into something, amen, that I never thought you better believe that God can do anything with you. God can do anything with a broken individual that walks into this. He can do anything. I watched him do something with a man that was addicted to crack cocaine for 20 years. Noe Barrientos walked into the church addicted, addicted to crack cocaine, had done $16,000 worth of crack cocaine in, in the month prior to him coming to church with his cousin. He was addicted. He was broken. He was, 
he was he came to the United States looking for hope and found an addiction. You'll find that on January of 2005, I believe, uh, I believe it was that that Noe Barrientos came to the church and the preacher was preaching the word of God and and he began. The preacher was pointing back toward his direction and told him everything that he had done the night before and. And, and, and Noe ran to the altar and gave his life to the Lord. God filled him with the Holy Ghost and he never touched crack cocaine afterwards. Because what others would write off, God says, when everybody else says it's over, God says, I'm just getting started. God says, when everybody else sees nothing, I see potential, I see hope, I see a future, I see something in them still. I've got to obey what I feel right now. If you don't hear anything I say, you better hear this right now. God still sees potential in you. God still sees hope in you. We are good at believing for mercy for the sinner, but we're not very good at believing in mercy for the saint. I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking about ourselves. It's easy for us at times to believe for the mercy of God when we first change our life and we turn around. But when we know good and we know right from wrong and we know what to do, but yet we don't do it still, we feel the devil causes us to feel that there's no mercy left for us, that there's no grace left for us. I've come to preach that spirit out of here this morning. If he had grace for you while you were in sin he's still got grace for you while you're trying to grow from sin he's still got something for you God sees something in you even now some of you need to receive that this morning God still sees potential in you I want you to lift your hands and just thank the Lord thank him for his mercy and his grace Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you that in this dark day, there is a light shining to us. God is revealing himself in this hour. Amen. God is revealing himself in this hour. To the young, to the old, to the broke, to the rich, to the white, to the black, to the to the, to the Indian, to the Chinese, to the Hispanic. God is revealing himself in this hour. And when God, amen, shined down a light on Paul, amen, Paul was exposed, amen, to this glorious message of hope, amen. He was exposed to another way. And how many know Paul changed his life because of that one moment, amen. Paul's life totally changed. The problem sometimes is, is that that same light that reveals God also reveals you. The same light that reveals God. He saw it. He saw, he saw God. He, he, he knew and understood what, what his, who God was and who he should be serving and who he should be preaching and he saw it, but also when that light shined down from heaven, 
Saul could not help but also see the flaws that were deeply within him. He could not help but also see and understand that within himself there are some things that must change, that must grow, and that must get better. I've come to tell you that you experience the light of this gospel in a moment. But it takes a lifetime to grow and to fix the things that God, that the light of this gospel reveals in our darkness. I've come to tell somebody that, that, that feels like you should have been further than where you are now. Listen, it's a sanctification does not happen in a moment. Sanctification happens over a lifetime of changing God. You're revealing this, you're revealing some aspects attitudes in my life. You're, you're revealing some things in my spirit and, I, and I'm not happy with the Lord and I, I, I struggle to change it. And, and we struggle with that. We struggle with that part to, to be illuminated and to see the flaws that are deeply within us. But I want you to know that when God shined his light down on Saul, he knew long before he revealed himself to him the problems that were deep down in his spirit. He knew long before, God knew long before he ever showed himself to Paul. God knew who he was dealing with. God knew the kind of man that he was. God knew the work that would have to be done. God knew the things that would have to be pulled out of him and pushed into him. God knew what had to be done. And I want to tell somebody that is in this process of getting rid of some things, but also taking some things on. I've come to tell you, don't be weary in well-doing. The light, amen, has been revealed. It's exposed some things, but he revealed it so he could heal it. I said he revealed it so he could heal it, so he could make it better, so he could burn it out of you. He revealed it to heal it. The revealing light, the revealing light that reveals God also reveals us. In the church, it revealed it revealed a spirit. If you read on in Acts, I don't have time to get it today, but if you read on in Acts, it revealed a spirit within the church. And Ananias was, was the preacher that, that, that God had spoken to. Get up. And, and I, I, I've, I, I've, I've called a man by the name of Saul. Behold, he prayeth. But Ananias knew who he was. And he said, Lord, I don't know if I can go to him. He's He's persecuting the church. He's he, Ananias, the church. He represented the church. He was hesitant about ministering to that kind of person because, because oh, I, I don't know. I don't know, God. I don't, I don't know. It revealed something in the church that had to be healed. It revealed something. It revealed a level of faith that had to be elevated within Ananias. Amen. But when Ananias showed up into that room and Saul was there and he prayed for him and Saul received his sight again, Ananias understood. Amen. Just as this church understands that God. 
God, when he reveals himself to somebody, he can turn any life around. Amen. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter what they've done. God can do anything with anybody. Amen. I want you to stand with me all over the building. I feel the Lord in this room this morning. Music, you can come. We got snow coming. Some, some people don't want to be out. We got to hurry. <laughs> we, I, I've, told, I've shared the story here, but we have a son who's now seven years old. And last year, he got the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And just amazing, amazing boy crazy boy but an amazing boy and uh you know it's like it's the, it's that first child they're always the best behaved the middle child needs the lord <laughs> change saw god you can change the middle child and um Man, Winston, when he was born, he was, he was, he was born with a cyst in his eye, and and, uh, and I noticed it when we got home from the hospital, and and Winston, we went to the doctor, and that doctor referred us to another doctor, and that doctor referred us to University of Cincinnati, and here we are in the doctor's office, and, and uh, you got a boy that's two months old, and 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 he's saying he's gonna need surgery. To drain that cyst in his eye. It was growing. It was getting bigger. It would have blinded him if it would have went over his pupil. And so they said, we need to drain it. When we drain it, it'll be gone. It won't have to deal with it anymore. And they drain the cyst and surgery's over. And parents, you, you have to be a parent to understand the, the worry that comes over you seeing, seeing your baby be put out for a surgery and, you know, holding him wrapping him in your arms while they put the anesthesia over his over his nose and it just a, a a moment of worry comes over you one surgery drains the cyst and the cyst comes back and second surgery and third surgery and word a year into his life 10 surgeries later wondering how we got here and as a parent and as a father god began to deal with me in these moments in this moment of, 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 of going through this with Winston, began to understand the love of a father. It's different sometimes than the way we picture it. Because as his father, I had to allow the pain of surgeries and doctors and, and lenses and 20 eye drops a day and all of these things. I had... As a father, I had to allow these things in his life to make sure that by the end of it, he could see. Because if I would have done nothing as his dad, he would have been blind. And so as a father, I allowed pain or I allowed the pain in his life so that he could be better so that he could be healed so that he wouldn't lose his vision 
you wouldn't lose his sight. See, sometimes God allows pain because he loves us. We don't like it. We don't understand it. But the absence of pain is not, does not mean God loves you. As a matter of fact, sometimes when you've got pain going on in your life, you need to understand that just maybe it is working. Amen. God doesn't do everything that comes to us that causes pain. But I'm going to tell you right now, God uses it. He uses pain. He sure does. Yes, he does. He uses pain. And God will allow pain in your life so that he can preserve your vision. He can preserve your future. Don't mistake the pain in your life for the absence of God, but rather understand that there is a Father in heaven that loves me even where I am right now. I mean, think of Saul. Think of Paul. who was Saul was later named Paul, but think of Paul. If he would have never been, been, been thrown into a prison cell, we would not have the words that we have today. But in a painful place, in a hard place, in the midst of hurt and not understanding why, Paul picks up a pen and begins to write, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What can separate me from the love of God? Can height or depth, can, 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 can persecution or famine, can, can any other thing separate me from the love Paul begins to pen? Scriptures like, be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. Paul writes out of a hard place. It's out of a hard place. God brings us to a place in Him. God, I know what I feel in this house that God, amen, is working on us. God is working in us. And through, I've come to tell you that He didn't cause the pain, but He's going to use the pain to bring something good out of it. He's going to use the pain and bring something beautiful out of it. Though you may be tried in the fire, you will come out as pure gold. Amen. You will come out. You will come out. I wonder if you'd lift your hands all over this room. The Lord, the Holy Ghost is in this room today. Come on, I want you to lift your hands and lift your voice. The Comforter, the Healer is here in this room right now. As they begin to sing and as they begin to play, I'm talking to some people who are in the midst of a hard thing. You're in the midst of a hard time. Don't be weary, sir. Don't be weary, ma'am. The Lord is working for you. He's fighting for you. It will be worth it all. But you got to endure you got to endure. I'm inviting those to come to the front that want to. This altar is open today. I'm asking those that would. I want you to come to this altar and lift your hands and say, Lord, I need you today. Come on. I believe something happens when we respond to his word. I want you to step out and respond to his word today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and receive of the Lord.
receive of the Lord right now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray for these people under the sound of my voice. I speak hope. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.